Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Colossians 4, where we're going to find ourselves. Yesterday I touched on uh, prayer and uh, the, the challenge that Paul gives to be continuing in prayer and and the word there, continue, is not just to keep doing it, but kind of with, with everything you've got. And, um, and uh, what I wanted to touch on, I kind of browsed through, uh, kind of went through it. Uh, I wasn't feeling well yesterday. I didn't know how, how much I wanted to touch on uh, yesterday. But, um, but I want to jump in on, on a topic there that I kind of uh, went through or, or touched very lightly on. I didn't know how deep I wanted to dig. But in verse number three, he, the specific prayer request that Paul gives is uh, uh, he says, uh, pray for uh, uh, also for us that God would uh, would open unto us a door of utterance. We talked about that, and that's I think the language is kind of obvious: an opportunity, an open door to be able to share these truths. And now specifically, he says to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in bonds. Now, yesterday, as I talked about prayer a little bit, I I, I kind of spoke against. Uh, a lot of the modern concept in church Christianity today, and that is that is that um, uh, this mystical mysticism uh, type of uh, uh, approach to it, where where it's not it's not intellectual, and what I mean by that is it's not guided, grounded by truth, grounded by the scriptures, um, and it's it's kind of this feeling, this this uh, um, how do I say it, you know. Uh, uh, wanting some kind of enlightenment from 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 God, and it's really a, uh, it's really kind of a, an Eastern mysticism type approach uh, to it, rather than being grounded by truth. There is so much that God has given us that we can pray intelligently. We can pray according to His will, right? And uh, and I think if we're not careful, we fall into this. Even as He talks about this, the mystery of Christ. Oh Lord, open up to me the mysteries of Christ. It's not talking about that. Uh, it's something very specific. Now, as Paul prays this prayer, um, you know, uh, um, it, it's it, it, it's not speaking of a mysticism type of uh, uh, understanding or knowledge, uh, the truth that we're trying to speak in Christ, but but rather, it, you know, the reality is it's not a mystery. It has been revealed at this point. Even Paul, as he prayed this, that he would have an open door of utterance that he could speak the mystery of Christ. He's, uh, he, I believe Paul did a very good job of explaining and unpackaging the mystery of Christ. Now, the reason it's called a mystery is because prior to, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and say prior to Paul even, this was previously not known. This was a mystery. It was hidden. Uh, it was concealed, if you would. And Paul, uh, what he did is he's already portrayed it. Now he's saying, would God grant me an open door of utterance? To be able to share these uh, the, this mystery of Christ that he has been that's been committed to him to 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 share uh, these truths. Now, what is the mystery of Christ? Uh, now, even though Paul, I believe, has laid it out very clearly in the New Testament scriptures, uh, I believe this was specifically committed to Paul. Um, a lot of Christians today, a lot of believers today are clueless. If you're to ask, them, what's the mystery of Christ? Earlier, he talked about this mystery. He's uh, uh, to steward this mystery, uh, to be an ambassador of the mystery. 
What is it? I think simply it's this, that God has delayed the time of judgment. Uh, you know, all throughout the Hebrew prophets, uh, it was there was a prophetic plan that involved judgment. In fact, uh, in fact, the prophetic plan was, uh, uh, even prior to judgment, the prophetic plan was that God was going to offer a kingdom, the kingdom of God to the Jewish people. But when they rejected it, they would go into a time called uh, a time known as Jacob's trouble, a seven-year tribulation period, uh, uh, where the Jewish people, uh, when they rejected him, they'd go into this time, this time of chastisement, so to speak, and um, that's also called the day of the Lord and the prophets. And and uh, and after that, the, the day of judgment, the Jewish people would come to recognize Christ as the Messiah. Then he, then Christ, of course, would establish his earthly kingdom, and they would look upon him whom they have pierced, and uh, and say, "Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord." That, that that that's the fulfillment of the prophecy. That's what all the prophecies were about. There was going to be this time of an opportunity. There was going to be a rejection, which would then lead to a judgment. Then the kingdom. And if you're to look at a Jewish timetable, putting all the prophecies together, that's exactly what you see. Now. That what we are in today? Uh, no. Uh, you see, this was the prophetic plan, but this is not what we see happening. Why? Because we're in a mystery. We are in a mystery time right now that had not been revealed in the prophetic plan. What we, we, when the Jewish people rejected, uh, rather than sending the immediate judgment of tribulation and uh, God in His grace, what did He do? He offered salvation to everyone. Uh, that's what Peter spoke of when he said this, that God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Word, not only that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He said, well, what, what was all that talking about? I've quoted that verse so many times, and I've kind of missed the first half. He's not slack concerning his promises. What are his promises? The prophecies. The fulfillment of these prophecies He's not, God's not being lazy. He's not being slack concerning his promises, but rather he's long suffering. He's put it on pause, uh, if you would, so that all could come to repentance, to give an opportunity, a chance for people to respond uh, to God in his grace. And uh, just checking on some things here. Uh, I hope it's going better. I hope it's not still pausing. Sorry about that. Um, but, uh, but, but, but that's the mystery that we are in right now. The mystery is that we are in this time that the prophets didn't speak of. In fact, uh, you know, God kind of paused everything. It, it, when you study Daniel, he gives a kind of a roadmap uh, prophetically. Called, we call it the 70 weeks of Daniel. There is a, 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 a time period that's going to be paused. And, uh, and it's actually marked off, Isaiah talks about, when Messiah is cut off. There's a time period where it's paused, where God's dealing with, uh, if you would, the Gentiles. But, but here, here's really what happened. Salvation now offered to everyone. He paused what he was doing and inserted a, a mystery age that you and I live in today that we call the age of grace. In this time, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, uh, Jew or Greek, in another place it says that. Uh, there, there, there are no more barriers. It's whosoever will may come. There's no predestination in this age. There's no selection. There's no election. Uh, of a choice nation in terms of salvation, but rather uh, we're in the age where the door of God's grace is wide open. And God is saying, whosoever will may come. Isn't that a wonderful truth? That's the age we live in. In fact, 
Paul even said it this way in, in another place. He says, uh, um, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now, we've quoted that a lot. I do not believe Paul was saying he was the greatest of sinners. You know, chief could mean the greatest, but, you know, it also could mean the first. In fact, the word there for chief, that's translated chief, is where we get the word prototype. Uh, I believe Paul was not was the first one to fully uh, uh, understand the mystery of Christ, and that is his blood completely purchased our salvation apart from any work, full, 100%, it's the age of grace. When, when, you, when you look at what Peter taught, when you look at what some of the others taught, uh, it, it, they were still part of that kingdom offer, all right? And I won't go too deep into this part of it, but but I believe uh, Paul was was given uh, really this this full understanding of what God is doing today, and that is because of Christ and uh, and this time of mystery that that the, that the 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 time of judgment has been put on hold, and God has opened the door. He's holding it open, saying, "Now whosoever will may come." Now I'm going to say this with uh, as, as we kind of consider what's going on uh, around the world right now. I think that door might be closing. And, uh, and, and I think that time of judgment is coming. It's, it's, it's right around the corner, what we're going to call the Great Tribulation. And, uh, and I want to challenge people, you know, we better make sure that, that we are saved. We better make sure that our loved ones are saved. We ought to use this as an opportunity to, 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 to share, praying the prayer that he's saying, not only for, uh, for uh, uh, people that are in a spiritual leadership role, but, but for ourselves, for everybody, that a door of utterance may be opened, and that we could uh, intelligently share with others the mystery of Christ that has been revealed. So I wanted to speak just a few moments on that mystery, and um, I hope I hope I didn't muddy the waters too much. We're gonna we'll go in deeper in that uh, another time as we talk about the the mystery of Christ and this mystery age that we're in. In, in fact, Paul even refers to the church as a mystery. This was not prophesied. It was not revealed in uh, in. Um, uh, this mystery, you're not going to find this in the Hebrew Scriptures. In fact, you're not really even going to find this mystery in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, those were kingdom uh, mentality, kingdom mentality. And many today, I think, get it mixed up when we're looking at it that way, and, and we start kind of saying how, well, the kingdom's now, the kingdom's today. No, no, the kingdom is yet to come. Christ is going to establish it. It is going to be a literal kingdom, a physical kingdom, where Christ is going to rule and the throne of his father David. Um, now, Paul had to speak the mystery of Christ, uh, uh, be, again, because up to, up to him being selected and being the, the apostle to the Gentiles, it had not really been previously understood. All right, So uh, prior to Paul, you're not going to find it. Why? Because it's a mystery. It was hidden. It was not there. It was not searchable. This is not something you would find. And, uh, and God gave this to Paul and, uh, and, 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 in, and in doing that, gave it to us. And so we have this mystery. Now, what is, what, you say, what's the point of all that? Well, uh, if, we're to ask, if we're gonna ask God that he'd open the door of utterance so that we could share the mystery of Christ, it's very important that we understand what the mystery of Christ is. Now, yesterday I kind of alluded, well, it's the gospel, and, and that is true. Uh, it's, it is the gospel message, but, but the full gospel for our day and age, and that, and that is this, that, that salvation has come to us because of Christ, and, and anyone that wants to receive this free gift of salvation comes by grace through faith, uh, or, or um, um, 
for, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That is the gift that we've been given. Now, with that, verse number five, I'm going to skip verse four, and he says, uh, uh, well, I'll go and read it, that I may uh, make, make it manifest or, or brought to light. The word there, manifest, is where we get the word phantom. And uh, you say, what's a, a phantom is, uh, it, means, it means brought to light, but uh, a phantom is, a, uh, is like a ghost that is visible, that is seen. That, that's the word there, it's brought to light, brought under light, so, so that, that we would uh, be brought to light, able to bring to light these mysteries as we ought to speak. Now, with that in mind, verse number five, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Now, walk in wisdom. Uh, what he's saying there is to, to, to us is, is be wise. Uh, it doesn't give very specific what the wisdom is, but and we can go a lot of directions with it. But to walk in wisdom, specifically it says this, toward them that are without, those that are without Christ. Those are that, that are outside of this, uh, this community that we have as believers. A walk in wisdom there. And by the way, that's a, a wise challenge to, to walk in wisdom. Why? Because they're watching. And let me just say, they are the target of this mystery of Christ. And so, so we ought to um, be very mindful of that. How are we behaving with those that are without? How are we, are we walking in wisdom? And then it says, redeeming the time. Now, now as, we, as we look at this, when wisdom with them that are out, the word they're redeeming the time, uh, the word they're redeeming, uh, it, it carries the idea of, of being in the market, open market, right? Uh there's a lot of things that we can put our time towards, right? And so as we consider with how we are handling our time, those that are without walk in wisdom, I think there's some things we can consider. Sometimes we can come to a point where we've spent too much time and we're really not getting anywhere. You know, I think I said it yesterday, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. You're trying to help somebody and they don't want to be helped. You're trying to share truth with somebody, the gospel with somebody. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to receive it. Uh, at some point, sometimes we're just wasting our time. We're not redeeming our time. We're not making the best use of it. Uh, so, so this is all in the context of walking. how we're walking with those that are without. Yes, we ought to have a good testimony. We ought to walk in wisdom. But, but, but ultimately, we ought to be sharing truth. And sometimes that truth is not going to be heard. It's not going to be received. And so we need to make sure we're redeeming the time. And that we're 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 making the best use of the time, uh, you know. Look, it's good to have the small talk, but I hope it's leading to deeper talk. Uh, but if all we ever do is talk about the weather, I don't know if we're redeeming the time uh, with them that are without. Because as I said earlier, listen, I think that door's closing. We need to be about the Father's business and, and sharing this mystery of Christ. And uh, so, redeeming the time, verse 6, I believe still in the context of walking with those that, that are without. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Now, that verse is a good principle for any circumstance. But in the context, with how we walk with those that are without, you may have truth. You may have the right things to say. But if you don't say it right... It's going to go in one ear and out the other. If you don't have the right spirit, it's going to undermine your message altogether. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Answer which men? Those that are without. 
they, 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 they might have a question. They might challenge you. What about this? You know, and, uh, you know, I've seen people, uh, the way they've handled lost people, it's like, dude, they're not where you are. They don't understand where you're coming from. And they find out that this lost man is in some kind of sin. Guess what? Lost people do what lost people do. They sin. All right. By the way, save people <laughs> uh, uh, fall into this. Um, but, you know, you find out, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're shacking up with your girlfriend. How could they're lost? They don't know better. Right. Uh, they need the gospel of Christ. They need this mystery to be explained to them. So we approach them with grace. We need to make sure person was salt. Uh, now, that doesn't mean to soften our message or anything like that, but, but there's a right way and a wrong way to share truth. And we need to be wise about that. You may be right, but if we don't have the right attitude and the right heart and the right motivation, uh, it will undo what we say. And so we want to be so careful that let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Now, salt... It's, it's fun to talk about salt. The Bible talks about we're supposed to be light and salt. And, uh, you know, salt uh, in a proper amount is a nice seasoning. It says seasoned with salt. Okay, you might put a little salt. Uh, in fact, it says in Job uh, about putting salt on your eggs, you know, um, in, the, in the, the white part of an egg it, it talks about. And Job uh, 6, uh, uh, six I believe. And um, uh, the reason I know that is because there's a funny translation out there that says, uh, well, here, here, in fact, uh, since I brought it up, I'll go and uh, just turn there real quick in Job. And um, let's hope I have it right now that I've said it. Um, Job 6, uh, verse uh, 6. Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? Now, there's a, a version out there that says um, it's, uh, I think, the New World Translation, the Job's Witness uh, Bible. And it says, uh, is, there any, uh, uh, is there any taste in the white gooey part of a marshmallow? <laughs> and I thought that's a little bit of a different uh, uh, take to that. But, but anyways, uh, it does make sense to add salt to, um, uh, to the white of an egg. And uh, um, uh, why? It's seasoning. And the idea is this. We, we, we ought to have the attitude, you know, to be able to sprinkle a little bit of a, uh, taste, seasoning to it. But you know, another thing salt does is it does irritate. It also preserves. And uh, there are a lot of aspects to salt. And, uh, and uh, you know, yes, I want to do the best as I can to make my message palatable. But, uh, but, you know, there are some times where it doesn't matter how delicious it is, they're going to hate you. And there are times where you've you got to just redeem the time. And, uh, and, and you know, uh, Paul even spoke of it, where there are times you come and they reject your message, you not, dust off your feet, so to speak, and you move on. You go to the next place. And, uh, and so we want to be wise with that. But, but as we carry this mystery, this mystery of the gospel, this mystery of, 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 of God opening up the gospel to everyone and, and delaying this time of judgment, so to speak, um, we, we want to make sure how we are handling We're walking in wisdom with those that are without and, uh, and with that, not only wisdom, uh, but we're speaking properly. Let your speech be always with grace. Gracious talk. Gracious speech. You ever, uh, you ever met someone who, uh, who's able to tell you hard truths, but it's like, man, but they love me. Or the way they're saying it, you know, it's like, 
uh, it's like they're correcting me and I want to say thank you. <laughs> they're, they're showing me all my problems and I just feel like uh, uh, they did a great favor. And in reality, they did. But uh, I mean, none of us like correction and, and things. But, uh, but boy, to get to that place where I can just speak hard truths in a gracious spirit. Christ did that so often. A gracious spirit. Speech always with grace. Season with salt. How that you know uh, to know how to answer every man. That goes with the wisdom with them that are without. How to answer. Some people, you know, look, they're contentious. Uh, you know, look for a way to neutralize that. A soft answer turneth away wrath. All right? Uh, be careful not to fall in, to get pulled into these contentious arguments. Uh, but being ready with grace to answer. Uh, Peter said, said it this way. He says, uh, be ready always uh, to give an answer to them that ask it, the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. Uh, why meekness and why fear? Because as an ambassador of Christ, as an ambassador of these truths, the mystery of Christ, um, it, is a, it is a very heavy responsibility that I have to carry this message to this lost soul. I may be the only chance they have to hear and comprehend the truth to be able to respond to the grace of Christ. That's a heavy responsibility. And I think if we viewed things that way as uh, the gravity that they ought to have, I think it would change uh, our approach, our urgency. Uh, this is a very heavy thing that we have. And so I want to challenge us today. How is your speech? How do you carry your How's your testimony today? Because they that are without are watching once they know you are within. Once you know that they know that you are a believer, you are a self-professed follower of Christ, they're watching and they're listening. And many people, they, they may not come out with it, but they have questions. They're unsettled. And, uh, and so I want to challenge you with that. How is our testimony to those that are without? How is our speech towards them? All right. Uh, I, will, I will say this. Uh, I will speak a lot more firmly and direct with a saved person, uh, especially when it comes to uh, to their life, their lifestyle, than with a lost person. You see, they're lost. They need to be saved. That's their greatest need. Way more than than you know their 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 problems that we see and we say, oh, what about that? What about that? What about? Oh, well, they're sinners, and that's what they do. You see, uh, but us that are us that are saved, we don't have an excuse. Uh, we know better. And we ought to walk with grace. And so I appreciate you all so much. I, I, you're all such a blessing to me. And, uh, and I sure appreciate you tuning in and, uh, and just uh, hearing some of this. If you have any questions, uh, please reach out. I'd love to, to correspond with you. And, and or if you have some topics to study, it's, uh, Colossians will be wrapping up here uh, in the next couple of days.